Welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast with me, Callum Hughes. Something for your mind. So, hello everyone. I hope you're all keeping well, especially with everything that's happened this year and everything that's still ongoing now. So, for this special episode of Creative Minds presented by myself, Callum Hughes, I feel very humbled and privileged to be approached by Andy Bell to host this episode as we remember Josh Wilson. So it goes without saying that the movement Josh created with Foley and the way he mobilised the Birmingham Ravers to develop that movement was an undeniable stroke of genius. And there's probably not many DJs in Birmingham that can say they didn't get an opportunity from Josh at one point or another. So since he passed away, there's not a corner of the music industry that doesn't know about him as we all pull together to make sure that DJs artists, promoters, managers, agents, venue owners, magazines, the media, ravers and everyone in between recognise the impact he made on the Birmingham scene and wider music community since the inception of Folio back in 2016. So my guest tonight is Andy Bell, one of Josh's main right-hand men. Andy worked tirelessly behind the scenes with Josh on Folio and continues to do so now even though he's no longer with us. For anyone that doesn't know Andy, and I suspect everyone in the Birmingham scene does by now, Andy has achieved a great amount over the years in the scene, working as a promoter at the iconic Rainbow Venues, on game-changing events such as Chapter Festival. He previously co-owned Portal. He's DJed alongside some of the most respected artists in the game, and he's also an integral part of Steve Lawler's Viva Warriors team. Andy knows firsthand about the battles you can face when you work in the music industry full time and the toll it can take on both your mental and physical health. So before we start, I would just like to point people in the direction of groups such as Get Well Together, which is run by Brandon Block. You can call Mind or Samaritans, but please just know that not just my inbox, you know, anyone that you're close to will be willing to help when you're going through a really difficult time. So I will add the contact numbers for the likes of Mind and Samaritans in the description when this is uploaded to Instagram TV and also the description when it's uploaded to Spotify. Just before I invite Andy in, I'd just like to let everyone know that the GoFundMe link to raise money for Josh's son, Jaden, is still active. And even though it tragically won't bring his dad back, it will help to secure a positive future for Jaden. So I'm just going to invite Andy in now. Easy Andy, how you doing mate? All good mate, sweating a little bit after that introduction mate, I can't lie. I had to uh, I had to get that intro bang on mate, got a few beads of sweat coming down the old face after that. Cheers mate, nice one. So I know it's probably a silly question with everything that, that's gone on obviously since Josh passed away but I mean how, how are you keeping at the minute since everything that's happened? Josh's life, um, no matter how big or small, um, it, it took a massive effect on him. Even people that didn't really know Josh, 
Um, we have people reaching out to us in the residence lot that that's who, who are probably going to come on and tell you the same thing. People who didn't really know me rocked them hard because they kind of knew the story and yeah. knew the background about it. Um, but yeah, it's been a roller coaster. Um, it still really hasn't sunk in for myself, as I know it hasn't for you. We had this conversation earlier. Mm. It doesn't really feel real that we're here now. Um, and we're having this conversation, really. Um, but we are where we are. And I think it's just a case of taking each day at a time. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, I, I feel like it was a strange one because we all ended up doing our own thing, didn't we? Like, even though that mutual respect remained, I think before this pandemic, everyone was so obsessed with doing their own thing and concentrating on their own thing. We all lost sight of what was important. And it was something that Shelby said that really hit home and struck a chord with me that tragically... Josh's death has brought everyone closer together and it's almost what what he wanted, but it's such a shame that it had to come about in this way. Yeah. I mean, it has brought people together. Um, there's no two questions about that. It's uh, tragic that it had to happen in that way. You're absolutely right, Callum. But above everything, what you just said there, just to cement that, that is all that Josh ever wanted. Um, yeah. It's to bring people together. And that showed so much in his shows. Like, you know that, Callum. Like, yeah, of course. Like, it came across in his parties, and that's what I identified. I saw qualities in Josh when I was sort of, kind of first thought, sort of getting to know him and meeting him, that I saw, you know, he was very genuine, and that's all that he did ever really want. And you could see that in the way he put shows together and stuff. He's very hot. He's always heart on his sleeve. Um, and I love that about him. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So I know that I've pretty much done the full introduction about your life story there, mate, in the music yeah. industry. But if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of an introduction about when you first met Josh, because I know that you've probably known him for, for a number of years, but you maybe yeah. have worked with him formally more on a recent level. So how did, how did you first meet him? So he actually started coming to one of the brands that I used to run a few years ago called Portal. Mm. Um, and he, he started being like a regular face at uh, one of the shows. And like on the more intimate shows that we do in the black box, you kind of clock the regulars a lot more than you would in the, the bigger warehouse shows because you're in a, a smaller environment. And then it would be at those kind of shows where you'd actually get to have a half a conversation if you like you don't get a full-blown conversation with anybody on the night burn show you know about yourself from doing your own parts kind of yeah of course um, because everything is just going 100 miles an hour and yeah for three months to get to this point and he financially drained you physically drained you mentally drained and like it's like you know you don't really get a chance to really engage with people but josh was one of those people at the uh, earlier portal shows um, that I kind of spoke to and I, he was like, it just had a really good energy about him and um, that was the first kind of time that I remember seeing him and then he, I just remember seeing him at literally everyone. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he missed one after I recognised him at the yeah. show. He was just, um, you know, he was always out in Birmingham, wasn't he? I know. I think that's probably been the most difficult part is when I've been going running since the gyms have been closed is you yeah. go through the likes of Digbeth, and I know that it's a bit of a ghost town at the moment, but yeah. he was one of the main pieces in the Digbeth jigsaw. And I feel like when things do return to some form of normality, it really will hit home then. Because I know that the funeral will bring some form of closure, but you know it still won't bring full closure to his family, you know, his mum, his yeah. son, yourself, and a lot of other people within the Folio crew as well. 
but that that's probably been really strange for me and I'm sure it has been for you as well just feeling like when you go to Digbeth or you know just any any rave or just generally anywhere in in that area is not seeing him will be uh very strange but yeah. how, how did the relationship build then I mean I know even when I was working for you at Portal, you'd always see his face. He's just one of those. You, you could turn around and he just he just yeah. appear out of nowhere. So how yeah, did the work yeah. how did the working relationship come about? So um, we had um, a good run with Portal in, in terms of like with the house and techno shows that I was doing at the time, and then uh, the, the rainbow venues uh, came across multiple um, unfortunate problems some of them you know that couldn't have been avoided and fortunately the portal brand was uh, attached to some of those events that um, we had like drug related deaths etc yeah and it wasn't trading um we weren't able to execute shows for the time being because the council just like look we don't really want these shows to go ahead because there's drug related deaths going on and, and unfortunately we were the victims of our own success with portal because we became that big we were processing that many tickets per show mm. so many people coming through the doors and the numbers of our shows yeah it's just unfortunate that we had drug related death incident at the show so i wasn't actually operating um as a promoter in the city and then but i was still doing other things with other people in other places and then I was, whilst not operating in the city i was obviously always watching what was going on because i'd spent my whole life and career uh, doing shows and events in this town and i was always, always watching josh and i always seen what josh was doing and josh was somebody that i thought always had the cards <clears throat> stacked against him in some ways because you know what it's like yourself Callum this might seem like glitz and glamour and it's all, it's all brilliant on the night and everybody's walking into your party and they're thinking oh this is amazing you're making loads of money but it's like this very cutthroat industry yeah. and it takes a lot of blood sweat and tears and hard work and determination to get to a certain point to even put one party on yeah definitely um, and you come across so many obstacles with the people that like you know general customers or like your regulars probably wouldn't even know about it to just try and get hold of a DJ that you want and yeah um, I know that like how many boundaries Josh had to break down in order to just get to where he got yeah um, and I could see because I'd done it for so long uh, this job that I could see that like I could be almost the good missing piece to the jigsaw for Josh and, and solve a piece of the puzzle for him that was like there was areas that I thought you know I could definitely bring things here for this guy that would uh, make that brand flourish yeah um, so we had a conversation and um from then on it was just like typical josh it was pedals to the metal force to the floor it's like right this is like there was just total vision from there on it was like yeah it was like something went boom and it's a spark and then all of a sudden we had four shows programmed within about a week yeah um, and it didn't take very long and then i just thought right this is easy to work this guy's driven his motivators you know and he took care of things um, side of the business that I know he's great at and I just basically stood back and, and, and added in areas where that I knew I could bring something yeah I mean one, one thing I will say one thing I regret personally and, and Shorter said to me you can't beat yourself up about is that I regret probably not getting down to the more recent shows but like I say, we've all been guilty as promoters of probably not making enough time for one another because you think no I'm working on this I don't care about what that person's 
working like and like you say sometimes it is impossible you can't be in two three places at the same time but and, and you need to you need to relax and rest and, and you can't you, as much as you want to be sorry to interrupt you as much as you want to be in those places and in those parts and you want to go and see your friends and see what they're doing and hear what this guy's playing and stuff you do have to if you're involved in that industry and this is one of the points that i want to try and get across tonight it's so important that you do have that downtime and you do take the time to relax and you don't have to be at everything that's going on yeah you're not going to like you know it's not going to be life changed or you're not going to miss out like in terms of like something to do with your career career wise you have to pick and choose your battles don't you yeah absolutely mate i mean I say absolutely, but it's one thing that I'm still learning, to be honest, is because I'm just so obsessed with trying to network, trying to show face. But sooner or later, you have to realise, like you say, if you've built a good enough reputation and, you know, not being big-headed, you know enough people, you have to step away sometimes and do what's right for your mental and physical health. And the right people will see that, Callum. Like I know they already have with with with, with yourself, um, but they can see. <clears throat> excuse me, they can see the drive and determination of people. Then you don't have to be at those kind of parties. So yeah, I would like you know things like that. It's not worth beating yourself up over, mate. About yeah. being able to come to more of the some of the more recent shows. Um, yeah. It's uh, it really isn't something that I wouldn't beat yourself up over. No, definitely, and and it's something I have taken on board. Um, yeah. But no, I appreciate that, mate. So. Something that I was discussing with Will Power on the podcast I did with him last week about the Lab 11 story so far is obviously he paid tribute to Josh and how invested he was, like you say, not just financially, but just the passion and the drive and the determination. But even from day one, since the inception of Foliate at the end of 2016, whenever I've done events... I've always just had the mindset of, oh, just don't risk it too much. Start intimate. Mate, Josh was like, fuck that. I'm going two rooms. I'm getting in Max Chapman. And, mate, he just fully smashed it. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, he just had this ability to be able to to mobilise people the way that he would get people to get behind the movement and believe in what he was trying to push. And it's like he didn't really have to force anyone people would see how much he loved it and even from the early days you'd see the amount of people that were promoting it and getting behind it i just thought fucking hell fair play to be able to to do that so early on was insane yeah it's incredible because it's difficult enough as it is and and to be able to do that is uh you have to have a true like ability to do that and be a very genuine person for people to see that so yeah that's what he did he nailed that mate that's one thing that he absolutely nailed yeah absolutely you know you don't get anywhere in life or business by playing it safe do you you don't know and josh was not one person (laughs) to do that he was a prime example of like he was all or nothing wasn't he He was like yeah absolutely we're going to do it properly we're not going to do it half hearts so we're going to we're going to absolutely do it to the best of our ability and and that is what one thing that drew me to him um to work with him and try and help out wherever i could for the project yeah of course mate so i know that sadly when he passed away we all came together you know me you rob shakti a load of other people as well just approaching yeah. all corners of the music industry and the one thing you said about doing this podcast is the importance of just really getting it out in the open and laying it down around certain things you feel need to be said around yeah. mental health and things like that. So yeah. really, I mean, I'll just give you this opportunity to to get a few things off your chest that you feel need yeah. to be said. It, it's, I mean, it's just for 
anybody anybody that's you know thankfully watching this um, and taking the time out of their day to watch this, I'm not claiming to be a mental health expert or psychologist or anything like that, but I can only talk and explain. Like I've done this job for a long, long time, so I've seen the highs and lows, and I've seen a lot of people come and go. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, so I've done it for a long time. I know a lot about the industry, and I can only talk and try and help people from my own personal experiences yeah what i've been through physically mentally emotionally <laughs> there's so many things that this industry can take from you as a person as a human being because it is cutthroat um and you absolutely there is no rest um when you're show that you, you from booking your artist from like stage one that's like the very first thing you do you have, probably have to battle to even get that far mm. it's like usually three months of solid graft, I'm talking day and night graft, of getting that show to being set out, to executing it to the level that you want it to be. Because you're far not only emotionally and physically invested in that show as a project, because it's your reputation on the line, you're financially involved in it as well. Yeah. So it's like, financially, that show has to work. There's no room for error. Like, you have to be able to do everything in your power to make that show and get it over the line to be as good as it can possibly be. So, yeah. It uh, puts you in a position very quickly, this job as a promoter, and to any DJs that are watching, and others if you're watching, because I've seen them signing, you, you're, you're put in a position of like extreme amounts of pressure, uh, pressure mm. stress, yeah. um, instantly, because as soon as you hit a certain level, which Josh hit very quickly, he hit certain heights um, and got his brand to a certain level extremely fast, and it's like, once you're there, you can't be seen to drop from that level because it's like you're in the public eye, then you're under the spotlight, under the microscope. It's yeah. Like everybody's looking and everybody's talking, and not only the general public, but people who are paying for your tickets, who are putting money in your pocket. Yeah. The agents and the people behind the scenes in the industry are looking, and they're all looking, and the other DJs are looking and thinking, well, I want to play them there. So you have to perform, and you have, you're under an extreme amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you are, you are expected to deliver. And as a human being, like, it is, like, extremely difficult to maintain such a high level. Unless you are fanatical and, and obsessive about what you do, mm. it's extremely difficult to maintain that without sometimes having certain hiccups on the way. And I'm like, you are, it's life, like, you're going to encounter at some point certain hiccups, some might be out of your control. Yeah. Might within your control, but at the end of the day, if you can stand in the mirror, and I said this to Josh before <clears throat> when he was telling me, you know, worried about certain things and you're losing sleep on the week leading up to this, to this show, which is the last thing you want to do because that's show week and you've got to be on point and you've got to, everything's got to come together in that week. Of course. You've got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and you've got to be able to say, have I done everything in my power to, you know, that's. To, made this show that's going to make this show as good as it possibly can be yeah you've got to be able to look yourself in the eye and tell yourself that you have done that because if you haven't and there is any margin forever and you have to just take it on board and go over it with yourself afterwards in a debrief or with your team yeah i mean that's what you have to do mm. that's what business people do but because you are so people who promote parties and people who play music and produce music for a living are passionate about what they do because they love it, do you know what I mean? And they're privileged to have that as a job. So they uh, take extreme amount of pride in their work. So if something doesn't go quite to plan how you wanted it to, it does 
eat you up and it does beat you up inside. Do you know what I mean? I don't care how strong you are. Like we're all human. Hey? Yeah, of course. Don't need to be like bulletproof. Like these certain things will happen where you know it doesn't always go your way. Mm. I think as well it. It's very easy to be self-critical when you're a perfectionist and when you operate at such a high, exactly, it's such a high level. And, you know, they they were really amazing points you've just raised there. And I think that shows your experience over the years and your knowledge as well, which will definitely help anyone watching, especially myself as well. But it's like you say there, there's, there's so much risk involved in normal circumstances. I mean, I was lucky enough to work for you guys at Portal and, you know, I, I can hand on heart say it was a, honestly, mate, dream come true because I used to go to the black box when you had like WAF back in 2015 and I used to think, oh, fucking hell, I'd love to get involved in this. And then a couple of years down the line, you know, you and John gave me some great opportunities, but I saw firsthand when you're booking, it's not just a one-room show. When you're booking minimum two rooms, you've got your DJ fees, your agent fees, your riders, your travel, your hotels, then all your support artists, yeah. then your production, yeah. then everything else. And people it's don't... Security see... as well if you're opening the second room and then you're doubling that. It's like... Exactly. It's people just think it's pure, it's pure profit, but, but it's absolutely yeah. not. And like you say as well, the music industry, especially electronic music, it's not a normal business model the kind of clientele and the customers that you're dealing with and the risks involved with what comes with the scene is a lot higher compared to, you know, doing a tea party down the road and selling a couple of tickets. It's it's completely different level of risk. So there's so much to, to factor in. And especially with everything that's gone on with the pandemic, bless him, he was still trying so hard to bring people together and make people happy. And because of how this government has dealt with it, in my opinion, you know, we won't get into the politics of it. It's been a shambles, in my opinion, the way this government's dealt with it start to finish. But there's so many restrictions preventing you. Every time you were trying to turn a corner, no, you can't do that. Then you've then you've got yeah. to change that. And I think yeah. you saw that. Sadly, we don't we don't want to go into too much detail. But the night that he passed away, obviously, he did the event on on the same day or a, a couple of hours before the day previously, and. I didn't see firsthand the amount of work that went into it, but you could tell from the pictures and his posts, anyone would be pushed to breaking point if you're having to make that level of, you know, amendments to a venue. It it was, it was absolutely insane. And like you said, once again, full respect to him and and credit for still trying as much as he could to to do something. Because there's a lot of people who just thought, nah, I'll wait until things resolve them back to normal but he just he just wouldn't give in bless him that, that wasn't an option for josh was it no no it was all it, was all, it, it had to happen basically and he went to the moon and back to to make that happen and he did that very well um as everybody that came to those shows and, and the djs that came down to play his friends that were there sin um but you are made to we have been made to jump through hoops um as like venue operators as well mainly yeah. Um, to adhere to certain COVID restrictions, um, and it's, it makes it near on. Like I'm sure Will probably touched on this last week as well. It makes it pretty much impossible to mm. um, execute a show that's like a enjoyable for you know you to put on for your customers. Yeah. But it's like financially as well. It's like it's so so difficult. But for Josh, it was just like doesn't matter like this is it's got to keep going and we've got to give the mm. people something to look forward to because he knew 
firsthand what everybody was going through during that first lockdown and we had a Easter show sold out it was due to go ahead and obviously uh, that was a 1800 cap show at the mill mm-hmm. um, and we weren't able to go ahead with that as a result of being in the lockdown and it's just like we have so many people messaging our social media channels you know asking like what's going on people need a release you know people aren't geared up to just sit in a house and watch TV every night, especially if they're used to going out and working like on building sites or in offices or whatever it is they're doing for money in the week. Yeah. They need some form of release and, and Josh was just so great at giving people that what they wanted. Mm. No, absolutely mate. Even the show that you did at Mamaru with the visual mapping, the level of detail and that was another example of where days in advance, weeks in advance, he yeah. knew that he wanted to make it just look next level in terms of the production. And there's not many people I know that would go to those lengths to work day and night in order to just give it that extra edge and make it stand out compared to most of the parties. It's something that we discussed a lot and it was always about attention to detail. Um, and we'd always go to other shows and I took him down to like, uh, we went to Tobacco Dock and we'd always be looking at it's kind of hard to enjoy yourself as a promoter can you probably know this even at other people's shows because you're kind of looking at stuff and you're not realising you do yeah, yeah. but you're looking at what other people are doing and how can I do that better or can I implement that somehow make it better into my job and we would always do that and attention to detail was always paid but going back to just what you said before we run away with ourselves here about the week leading up to the shows both at Next Door like the Pause and the Reno and the Mason Collective shows where we brought back the 3D mapping and uh, the show um, with Seb so on the weekend when um, he took his life, that, you know, the amount of work that was going into the venues from not only the venue staff, so hats off to all of them as well, but us as promoters, and especially Josh, he would be there um, from, like, the morning. He'd be there from, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, getting stuck in, mate, he'd be helping him, be, like, building, like, the, the blocks with all the, the staff and stuff. I mean, we wouldn't leave there to, like... I left him at three in the morning the one night and he stayed to like four, half four to, to stay with the carpenter and then the venue got locked up with Benji at um, Mama Roos to make sure that we were able to open the next morning. And we were still there and he was there the next day buzzing with a smile on his face. And he's, that's what I'm saying. Like, by the time you actually get to those shows and some people might have seen, you know, Josh or myself at a show and you think, oh, like, you know, everyone's like buzzing and happy because they're out, they've worked a weekend and they're, they're chilling out and it's like, Oh, what's up? And you just like you've got that many things going on and that many variables that can potentially like be looking out for it, but you don't want to go wrong because you put everything into this. You don't want it to go wrong, and that's what like one of the things that people need to understand that like Josh is probably going through as well. On that week, he'd be working 15, 16 hours a day. Yeah. Operating off minimal sleep, which is no good for anybody. No, it's not. Um, and it's like, you know, certain problems, you know, will then obviously become bigger problems because your sleep deprivation yeah. is a thing, do you know what I mean? And then you're going into like physical exhaustion stages. Yeah. Um, and it just takes its toll on your body. No, absolutely, mate. It's something that I've, have, I've had to learn as well compared to a couple of years ago when I'd be working all week in my full-time job and then trying to sustain everything on the side and, and partying on minimal sleep. It, it definitely does catch up with you differently. That's that's one of the main things. Yeah. Absolutely. So just before we move on and discuss some of the folie parties, 
um, with you saying there over the years how many different things you've you've played your hand at. There's probably once again the recurring theme of social media. People from the outside would you know look at you and you know in your own right and the same as John and other people you've worked with. You've been successful. You've achieved a lot, but people don't see the the downs that go with the ups. People see you know a massive sold out party and all these yeah. photos and videos yeah. and think I oh, must be living yeah. an amazing life but I wondered if you wouldn't mind without being too intrusive just discussing maybe some of the difficult times you found over the years in in the industry I don't want to focus on the negatives too much but I think yeah, people yeah, do course, people need to see about the realities as well as the positives that's exactly what I'm here. I might be here to have an open discussion here free discussion this yeah first spoke about it and they're all things that if I can share with people and you know let people know that they're not alone because the track record that I've had fortunate to have had in my career has been great but unfortunately yes there have been down points and stuff and they do get to you um, but it's all about like you know making sure you have good people around you and stuff and like yes some of those times were you'd be flying high and you'd think you'd be unstoppable but then certain things will happen and you might have a minor blip where we didn't have a show that quite sold out where we'd be selling out selling out selling out we had one show that we thought was going to sell out and didn't we did everything we threw everything through the kitchen sink and it to make it sell out and it still didn't thinking what's going on you know but you've got to just pick yourself back up and keep going yeah um, and, and and even djs that are probably listening to this as well and like some of the guys that i book and work with um People look at them and go, oh, you've got a great life. You're getting paid like X, Y, and Z to do this. But like, they don't see the years of graft and determination of investing in record collections and locking themselves away producing music. Yeah. Get to that point. So they're thinking, all the customers thinking we're stuck with the bill on the dance floor is they're getting paid three grand to play here. But it's like, that, that three grand, they've probably spent seven years of their life getting to that point. Exactly. So when you break it down like that, yeah. it's not actually like, you know, and obviously all that, there's a lot of travelling involved, especially with DJs and stuff. So. Well, you've done the tour management, haven't you, with Steve? And I know yeah. we were laughing, but at the same time is, you know, because I've not done the different time zones, but, you know, I know that you're probably very grateful um, being part of Steve's team, and I'm sure he fully understands that, when you're going to the likes of South America, then you're going somewhere else and you're on minimal sleep and you're going through different time zones. That, that must fuck with your head differently at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's really tough, mate. It's like, hey, you tell me where you're going. Then I'm kind of amazing. But you see, you go from the airport to the hotel, to the car, to, do you know what I mean? To the venue, back to the car. You don't get to experience it at all, do you? You've got like 35 minutes to have a quick shower and get your stuff together and then you're back to the car, to another airport, to an interconnecting flight to Argentina or something. And it's like, you know, and it's, it's a brutal schedule um, and you've got to really, really want it to be able to see it through and, and continue doing it Yeah. Um, because I've seen that side of it um, and especially like for DJs with families, I've seen how difficult it can be if they've got, especially if you've got children and stuff and you're on the other side of the world and all you want to do is be with your children and stuff, mm. it's like tough for them, but like this is what the path they've chosen and this is what they have to do, so yeah, yeah I've seen that side of it, mate, it's uh, it's 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 a tough industry to be in, whereas I think a lot of people do look at it and they just think it's, it's, it's because people now they get sucked they get sucked into to the Instagram yeah pictures like, and videos the and thing is, is, is it paints the, the wrong picture and it's dangerous like it is dangerous and stuff and, and 
communicating with people has changed completely since we've had smartphones and it's like you can send a text message that can come across in the wrong way and I think communication is such an important thing in this day and age mm. and it's great that we've got these phones and we've got all these apps and we can do all these things from our phones on it but like sometimes you've just got to phone people if you've got something important to say you need to tell them or send them a voice note so they can hear the tone in your voice it's yeah. so important to do that mate because Absolutely. you're just sending WhatsApp messages around and stuff and you're just living your own life in this bubble and it's like just things don't come across in the right way. Yeah, it, it's often that things are misinterpreted and can be taken in the wrong way, or it's this whole someone asking if you're okay and you saying, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just reading a couple of letters on a sentence, you don't know how someone really feels. And I won't, I won't drop, I won't drop a name, but I rang one of my pals the other day who's recently uh, separated from his partner. And he messaged me today, and this isn't me bigging myself up, it's just hopefully people will take this on board. It's easier to me, you don't realise how much that meant to me. You actually picking up the phone, giving me a call, having a 20-minute chat and just getting things off your chest and, and out in the open. But like you say, because there's this massive over-reliance now on, oh, I'm too busy, so I'll just drop a quick WhatsApp or yeah. Instagram DM. It's not, it's absolutely not the same you need to maintain that like physical and human interaction especially humans because actually seeing the facial expression and those signs you can probably observe and pick up if there is something going on with someone underlying you know the tone in your voice and everything that you've got these phones they're a great invention but it's like it has taken away that element of like certain human interaction i think people actually need yeah. Um, but I mean, just just quickly, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about as well something that we're doing um, with the Fody brand as well. Yeah. Going forward, we're doing um, Kai, who runs a boat. He's got a suicide and mental health prevention charity. Yeah. He does a lot of charity work. Callum, you've probably seen him do the stuff. Yeah. The charity work he does in January in the um, building the schools and stuff in the villages for people. Yeah. So we were entering like a football tournament with a seven aside tournament in London. It was meant to be in November. Yeah, um, but um, obviously the lockdown stopped that. But we're going to be entering that in November with the Foley team. It's going to be some of the residents playing in there, and some people that are close to uh, the brand and stuff. We're going to be entering that. Um, there'll be more information about that soon, as soon as we can release that and we know what's going on as we come out the other side of the lockdown. Yeah. Um, but that's something that we're going to be doing with the brand. That's going to be fun, and I think it's something that's important as well. And I've spoke to Kyle quite a lot, especially since the passing of Josh and he does a lot of charity work and he served in the military as Josh did yeah served in Bosnia and um, he understands the importance of you know these messages that have to get out there um, of course. so that's something that we're looking forward to doing and taking part in obviously in memory of Josh um, yeah we have got other plans obviously not only for Birmingham and um, when the lockdown's lifted there's other great things that will happen next year if all goes to plan um but there's also we've, we're discussing with uh doing a one-off show in ibiza somewhere i can't say any more than that about it in a minute but a couple of people might know i might have spoken to a few people in here but uh there's um something that'll be happening in ibiza with the brand as well which is one thing that josh really wanted to he wanted the brand in ibiza yeah and if, so if we can do anything in our power to make something happen over there for him yeah. Um, even as a one-off, then like the wheels are already in motion for that as well. It'd be a great way to continue the legacy, won't it? And do what he always set out to do. It's it, it has to happen really. Mm. Um, there's no two ways about it. And so many DJs who have played for us in the past 
and DJs that haven't even played for us, Callum, um, since the passing of Josh, that reached out to us and said, if there is anything I or we can do, like with their agent and stuff, to help you going forward to try and, you know, get the brand to where you want it to be, then just let us know. So we've had an incredible, incredible amount of support yeah. from people in this industry um, since the passing of Josh to help us achieve his dreams. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think, once again, as I said at the start of the podcast when doing the introduction, is not just the amount that's been raised through the GoFundMe donations, which is staggering. £27,000 during the pandemic just really underpins how much Josh did, not just for the music community, but just, I think, just wider society, how many people he touched, and that was shown at his funeral as well. But... The reaction on social media, and I think although social media can be the devil at times, it was amazing. You saw Martinez brothers going out of their way to share, and we were all laughing, saying, fucking hell, will probably be looking down now going, come on, Martinez brothers are bigging me up. And then, you know, you had DJ Mag, people like Sasha Lord mentioning it in the media. And it wasn't for the sake of, oh, we feel like we have to say it because he's passed away. It was actually when these things happen it really puts into perspective just how much someone did yeah. for so many people yeah and how real the problem of suicide is yeah especially this year at the moment like and, and it is a it is a it is a like 200 percent. i think somebody said to me the other day right? yeah and and you know it is a problem that needs to be addressed so i'm glad that you know in an industry where people a lot of people that you know certain names that you just mentioned they're like the bros and stuff you know they don't have to they didn't have to share that. No, nah, of course not. Like for phony, but, you know, but people went out their way to get that message across. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a really special moment, and it's so, such an important message that needs to yeah. be out there. And if this podcast can kind of help that happen, then, then so be it. Yeah, of course. When I did the podcast with Dan Edwards, who runs the wellbeing and mindfulness business, me, myself, and mine, and he's really switched on and on the ball with with this kind of thing and when I was doing a little bit of research it half surprised me and it half didn't but the National Office of Statistics shows that in 2019 in terms of suicides there was 75% of men compared to 25% of women and, and that's not disregarding women's mental health at all because they're both equally as important but one point I wanted to get across and I'm sure that you would agree is there's always been for probably hundreds of years now this stereotype and outdated old school opinion and view that when you're a male regardless of how you look whether you're big built or you're slim you have to have a stiff upper lip and you just gotta get on with it and I remember without going too deep I remember when my old man divorced my mum and he was in a terrible state and my granddad because he was so old school just turned around and went oh you made your bed so sleep in it I mean, you imagine being told that by your old man. It's such like an outdated, old school view. And that, those kind of comments when someone's in such a bad state of mental health can tragically put people under because it's times like that, you know, it, it is absolutely okay to, to have a cry and yeah. to, you know, let let your guard down and not feel like you have to keep your, keep your guard up as well. But that's just something I was quite passionate about is we really need to just fucking get rid of this whole outdated old school view of if you're a male then you just yeah, kind of get on with it get on with it yeah 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 and i think obviously josh serving in the military as well it had that kind of maybe drilled into him there where it's like you have to 
kind of stand tall and be bulletproof sort of thing, don't you? And it's like, yeah, really phase you because that's you know what how they teach people in the industry. But again, it's it's a very important point that like needs to be addressed, and especially while we're in this pandemic and who knows how long for. Um, you know, is okay not to be okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So I just wanted to move on now and discuss some of your personal favourite folio moments alongside Josh. So first of all, some of, some of the standout parties, I suspect they're all standout in, in their own right, but probably some of your favourite moments where you probably looked at each other and thought, mate, we fucking smashed it here, to be fair. There, there has been, um, and I've done shows and small shows um and i've got to be honest with you now a lot of the time like yeah it's great like obviously the crane shows they're amazing um but like with, with the obviously with Porter and stuff but going back to Foley, it's like when you're doing the big shows say like in the warehouse in the mill we'd have like a 2000 cap show some of the more special moments for me um are the smaller shows with the residents um like we booked wade and i think it was at the start of the year and i think he had coronavirus or he got like, he had a fever in the airport and couldn't make it here and he couldn't come and we still did the show the show, the show still went ahead and like shacked in time and our residents came and delivered and nobody even cared that wade, wade wasn't there yeah um, and that just for me those moments are some of the most special ones because there are homegrown talent there, the guys that we're pushing there, the guys that, you know, that we're working on the record label with and, you know, we want to, they're the Foley family. Yeah. They're, moments like that, as I say, that was probably one of the good ones for me when Shakti and Tom were playing, why didn't turn up, not one person, people were coming up to me saying, like, they weren't bothered that he was there, do you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like sometimes promoters me and Josh like, we've got a lot of these people on there, but we know that we've got such a solid crew of residents. And people around us, sometimes for those small shows, you don't even need them. Yeah, you don't. I think that's an important one for, for anyone listening as well, is a bit of a side note, is if you are developing a brand, if if your residents are good enough and you build a good relationship and you can trust them, and, you know, it's um, full respect to, I hope I don't miss anyone out, you know, Shakti and Tyron, quality back-to-back all the time, never failed to yeah. deliver. Was, delivers every time. Yeah, exactly. Like, Josh, Greg, Jake, yeah. Shelby, you know, and anyone else. Yeah, them. yeah, exactly. But they all, they all bring something different to the table at the end of the day. And um, yeah. yeah, definitely, mate. So other than that, just before I invite uh, Shakti in, first of all, I know that you've already mentioned in terms of the legacy doing the event in Ibiza. Um, I know you probably can't reveal too much, but what, what are the other things that you want to focus on? Is it mainly the, the record label? So we've got a VA coming out, um, and there's um, there's going to be 20 tracks on there, I think, at the moment. But uh, we're getting sent a lot of like really high quality music from people. Mm. Um, so like the label is something that's really exciting for us at the moment. And just knowing that the talent that we've got and the people that want to be part of what we're doing in the family is is something that's really exciting to us at the moment. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I'm looking forward to developing. Just as much as continuing with the shows, really. Yeah, yeah. Because I see a lot of quality and talent in the people that are working with us and putting music out for Well, we'll be putting music out there for us. So yeah, that's something that's um, that's probably just as exciting as the shows, as I say. Yeah, definitely. Some of the tracks I've heard on the VA are quality. And once again, it's nice to hear each producer bringing something different to the table. Obviously, I've listened to yeah. Fleur's. Alicia's was amazing with the, yeah, yeah. the voice note and the way she incorporated that. Yeah. And... 
Roy Nichols with his warm-up track, Tyron and Shakti, and everyone else really, just a really nice VA as a, as a tribute to him. And, and like you say there, once again, it shows full credit to the brand that there's, rather than you having to go out to people, there's people that are approaching you because of yeah. the reputation yeah. the brand has built in the last couple of years. But yeah, I just I just wanted to say, really appreciate your time, mate. I think even though it's been 45 minutes, it's definitely been a, a really good conversation and one that, that needed to be held. So no, I do yeah, appreciate yeah, it, mate. Nice one, mate. I think you, well, don't take my advice. You need to leave oh, now so they can request. <laughs> nice one, mate. Take it easy. So I'm now going to be joined, first of all, by Shakti, Duran, and then Josh Gregg. Easy, brother. How are we? Good, not bad, not bad. How are you? All good. Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm on the, the water. Not the not the Birra Moretti's mate taking it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Found you have to weed beer just to settle the nerves. I know, mate. So yeah, I just want to say same as Andy. Really appreciate you coming on, mate, because I know how close the likes of yourself, Tyron, Duran, and a couple of others were just before. Sadly, he passed away. So I know that I, I think I've known you now for coming up five years. So how how long did you know Josh for? Did you know him a bit before 2016? Did you? Yeah, definitely. You know, probably a couple, three, three years before that, I reckon. Yeah. Just from like in the rave, and then I think we first got close when would have been like what we spoke about earlier, rooftop days, five till ten a.m. <laughs> you don't remember anyone that you really see, but you do remember at the same time. Like yeah. From there, and then he, he was always, you know, just checking, it, like just always friendly. Do you know what I mean? And the yeah, there's a Ray family, and the people that you see every time you go. Yeah. yeah, I've seen Jack Gardner there saying yes, rooftop days. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I can still remember just before we we move on and discuss obviously your relationship with Josh and how he brought you through with Folier. Is I'm pretty sure it was either Void or rooftop when I first met him at the start of 2016, and I remember leaving the Elro after party at the old Rainbow Courtyard, I think it was. And I was with some random Italians and I had no idea what rooftop was. And I went up those stairs and I thought, fucking hell, this is a proper eye-opener, this is. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, you just you just see him on, you know those little stairs to the right of the DJ booth? You just see him at the top just having it off. <laughs> I know, it's quality. So I know that, like you say, you would always see him in and around the rave scene. How did the relationship first start with Folier? Which party was it the first one that, that you played for him? Don't hold me to it. And probably like some, someone might be able to find a fire without my name on it. But I think I've been on every single thing, apart from maybe one. Yeah. I think, but I remember him starting the brand. And I think it was one of the first ones he asked me to play and play. And after that was when the, the kind of back back with came around and dropped both for it. Always saying, Yo, you like it. it was the first event we back on, I think. Yeah. See, that's amazing as well, is because I'm sure that maybe or maybe not, you and Tyron may have ended up playing back to back at some point, but the fact that he saw that 
potential, recognised that and, and made it happen, just showed once again how switched on he was and what yeah, he saw, yeah. some, something that could develop into something great like it is now. We'd had, we'd had discussions with Josh where we were saying, like, at one point, it was never going to play, never going to play another event that was Foley, but not, like, basically, we never played back-to-back at another event. But we did do in the end, but we did have the conversation they was happy today for saying, this is, yeah, I know there's probably quite a few because you've either played for him solo or obviously now always generally back to back with Tyron. What would you say are your standout moments from the parties that you've played? Oh God, man, there's so many. And Andy, Andy pulled up a good one. The show last year where it was just residents. I think it was us three to make replies. And like, I remember days before the show, like, we were told that Wade can't play. Rick in it was like. You know what? Even ourselves and go for it. But I'd say the, the most memorable. I couldn't pick one show. Like the last, I think the last couple of shows that was like going into last year. So the August bank holiday mm. and then the third, the third, the fourth, year. I think it's four. The birthday in October. Incredible. Like ben, like he put us on them. Um, he had us open the birthday. Yeah. And it was like the first proper proper experience of a. a big, do you know what I mean? Like, lights, like, big, big production. I was like, you know what? I feel like a DJ now. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Quality, mate. Quality. So... About, you know, if you wanted to put the talent on the stage, always. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. And, and I'm sure, like Andy said, it, it will be difficult, those first few shows, without him, but you guys will continue to, to smash it and, and make him proud. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Every everything, every I do musically now is with, with like with Josh's backing. Yeah, yeah. Now that's sick, mate. I'm sure he's uh he's really proud anyway. But now I just want to say, I know it's only been a couple of minutes, but thanks for coming on, mate. Because I know it's probably still very raw and it's it's quite difficult to to deal with. But um, and we're all we're all proud of everything he did for us. So yeah, definitely, mate. Wanted to do anyway. So yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Up. Nice one, bro. Yeah, so don't take my advice if you leave and then uh, Duran's got a request now. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to finish this beer up, leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. So next up will be another resident, Duran. Not sure if he's still napping because I think he's on night shift. There we go, he's awake. It's trying. Please bear with us just for one more moment. It is attempting to connect. I 
unfortunately at the moment it's saying Duran is unable to join. So if Josh, you go first, we'll have a try with Duran in a moment. Here he is. Easy brother. Finally got there in the end, mate. Yeah, I've got to put my fucking head. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so once again, mate, I really appreciate you coming on because I know like Shakti and, and Tyron and a few other people, you were massively close with him just before he passed away and obviously he believed in you a lot and, and brought you through yeah. as well. So how how did you first meet him? Was it a while ago or was it actually more yeah, recently? It was like um well, the first time I met him was two thousand and fourteen. Okay. In Gay Crusher in the orange <laughs> pop room. <laughs> Fucking hell. Bit of a cheesy room, yeah. But at the time I was hosting in Gate Crusher and um we used to this is when everyone used to you know, people used to shuffle and <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'd gone into, it was in the R&B, the mansion room, and then we'd gone in there, and because um, we used to go glassing up back then, like 2013 and all that. And uh, Josh was in there, I think he was with his friend Aaron, I think his name was. And um, he was in there, and then I just met him, you know, whatever. And then a few years later, uh, Sean Ingram was like, ah, oh, like, you know, like, uh, this like, lad called Josh, I met him, and I was thinking, yeah, I've seen him around, and that. Yeah. And then, we, and then we all went to park like that year. Which like, which year was that, 2016, that one was, oh no, 15, I think, 15 or 16. I, rem- I remember seeing Sean at 2017 park live, and I know that Josh was definitely at 2016 park live, because he, yeah. went, he went with Abby and Danielle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I still remember seeing him there, that's probably one of the best events I've ever been to. That park like 2016 was fucking unreal. Yeah. I remember seeing in there, bless him. Patrick Tom in Toppy and Richie Armour. Yeah, yeah. And then uh what was the other stage? Because I remember the stage that I saw him at was was it Seth Trox back to back Martinez brothers in Hot Since 82, back to back with Heidi and yeah it was Yeah yeah and that main and the main one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was class man. That's the thing that you were saying there it makes you laugh because even at Gatecrasher, he was just someone you'd turn around and somehow he'd be there no yeah. matter what venue it was. It was it was funny, it was man. You could turn up at a festival in Amsterdam and you'd turn around and Josh would probably be fucking yeah. stood there. Standing there on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> funny, man. So when did the relationship begin to develop in, in terms of you being brought into Folia and then him bringing you through? Um, what it was, I was just, you know, just messing about in my room. DJing and that. Yeah. And then uh, he just kept messaging me, oh, let me know when you're ready. Let me know. That, that's ready. sick, man. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you know, like I said, just soon, because I was just trying to get like confident and that. Yeah. And then uh, I said to him, I think it was like the end of like 2017, and that I was just like, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, right then, I'll, I'll, I'll push it like as soon as. So then, um, I think it was like 2018. The first one, the first show was, and he just said, "Put me on." He, he sent me just, said, I just, he just randomly invited me to a group, and then he had a picture of me on a flyer, and that, I was like, "Fucking hell, yeah, go on." Then. <laughs> Sick that is, but I, I love that though. I mean, obviously, no pressure. Him, him yeah, badgering you, saying, "Oh, are you ready? Are you ready?" But I know. 
the fact that he really wanted to push you is is amazing because you you don't in reality get that many promoters that will go to those lengths be wanting to reach out to you and and push you so now that that's amazing and i suspect it's probably quite difficult for you as well like shakti was saying there's so many memorable moments but what what are the standout ones for you yeah um i, I would say like like we said that 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 show that andy was on about in the black box like literally josh phoned me and it was a it was a half four mm. i just finished work i was on my way home from work and he said uh i've had a bit of a problem i said what he goes oh wait to pull out i said what do you mean and this was at the very start of covid kind of thing yeah and uh he said uh do you want to open up the black box and i was like listen mate you're giving me like three hours notice i'm thinking like, no playlist ready <laughs> <laughs> So I said, oh, all right, then, sweet. So then, literally, I just had a shower, had a shower, and then just made my way to the black box. And I swear to God, that that show was ridiculous. Like, mm. like Jay and Ty set, set the pace, and then late replies just absolutely battered it. And then 91 and Matthews, now 36, just ended it on a high, man. Yeah, that's... Like, that show was good. That's but even sick. still, um, the, the Della Swing show... Mm. That was bad. Yeah, I was speaking to my mate yesterday about Della Swing, and I was saying, even though he's rated, I feel like he's actually underrated um, yeah. compared to some of the the, the artists. Because I I looked after him once. I think it was the Salado event on Boxing Day, and he fucking sends it, man. And once again, I I wish I was at that show because I remember seeing all the pictures of you guys, and I think you said something along the lines of, "Mate, that was like one of the best nights of my life. It was amazing." The after party was ridiculous. I think it was Jay. Shaq and Ty went back to back with Della Swing in, uh, in Mama Roos, man. Mad. Yeah. I was just mashing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. We've all been there. But yeah, it was. Uh, there's some of the standout parties, but he tried his hardest at the end of the day, like in this COVID yeah. guidelines and that. And I just want to say, like, that kid worked his arse off. Mm, absolutely. In his, in, his, in his final week, he worked his arse off. Mm. No, definitely, mate, and it, that, that's why it's so sad is because the, le- the level of effort he put in, even with everything that must have been going on in his head, he still didn't give up, did he? He still yeah. just wanted to do whatever he could to, to put a good party on. And I mean, like, with, with regards to Josh, like, I know, like, a lot of people, some people get jealous or some people get whatever, but he was harmless. Yeah. Come on. He just wanted to... Have a have a good party, and it, and that's the way it's gonna be. Like next year, just watch out, man. Because yeah, that that's why. To to be honest, obviously, I'm not making it about me at all. Because obviously, this is about Josh, Andy, you guys as well. But is it was probably about a week before he passed away, and it, it meant a lot to me because since moving away from the DJ side to to looking after artists and so, which is something yeah. I you know I'm really passionate about. Is he was saying to me, oh, I really want you to work the October 31st show and the other events, you know, you're fucking sick at what you're doing that. And he just he just wanted people to feel good about themselves. Like if he saw yeah. potential in you and he recognised that you grafted, like he, he wanted to push you and he, he would tell you what, what, he, yeah. what he thought of you in, in a good way. And uh, I said to Andy as well, even though there's a couple of things I work on, mate, I'd fucking happily, you know, look after you guys and do whatever I can to just continue the legacy and even though I haven't been involved with the more recent stuff compared to 2016, 2017, I think it is 
time for us all to to come together and just do whatever we can to make sure that that things happen and it goes to the highest high. Yeah, he really he put him, he put everybody before himself. Yeah, that's the thing, and I think that's why you know what I mean. He, like when Munchie said the other day, he left everyone in his dreams to live his nightmares now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. We've really just got to just do whatever we can just to make his legacy live on, man. Yeah, no, absolutely, bro. But now, really appreciate you coming on, mate, and uh, hopefully yeah. catch you soon, brother. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Nice one. Take care. Cheers, mate. And then finally going to be joined by Josh Gregg. Looks like I haven't paid my fucking broadband here. I'm having a bit of a mare. Here he is, man like. Mate, fully that DIY one. <laughs> DIY signal, mate. What are we saying? All good, brother. Not too bad. It's been a while since I've seen you, to be honest. Yeah, man. Been, well, obviously a few weeks ago with all this going on, but aside from that, it's been months, really. I know. Good. Not long enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Missing, missing that fringe, mate. Uh... Mate, it's a staple, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Green said about the moustache, man, like that, I feel lost. Branding on point, mate. Branding <laughs> on point. <laughs> Beer and Moretti and, uh, and a fringe. I feel, I feel flattered that I'm in your presence right now, properly. So, I mean, it goes without saying that, you know, you, you were really close to Josh. I think you pretty much played every single party from day one so when, when did you first meet Josh prior to Folio I, I, I guess my story with me and Josh is pretty similar to all of yours is that I probably met him out and about loads of times before we ever became like relatively close um, probably around about early 40 days when we first started speaking yeah kind of on a one to one basis rather than just out and about yeah we say and then, to be honest, our, our relationship like just developed from me paying for the first parties he was putting on. Like the first, I know Adam was talking about it earlier in the in the chat. That first soiree party at Music Thirteen, which was obviously then developed into it later, regardless. I played that one, and I was looking back through our messages and the first like proper conversations we had around that party. And ever since, it was just I, I, I worked with him for years afterwards. That was what. Yeah. It was who was playing that? Me, Kareem. Sam Loveridge, Jimmy Switch, I think, um, and obviously David Russell, and this would have been like 2015, 16. Was it was it Soiree that you're on about? Yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely 2016 amusement that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I th- like you say, there about Void as well is something that probably a lot of people don't recognise is not just as a promoter, but the graft that he put in to physically build void yeah. alongside the likes of parking before it opened i think did void open 2015 was it because i think yeah maybe late 2015 yeah was it october 
put on that first soiree party. Yeah. Which is incredibly turned into. Yeah, like you said, Jackson said, me and Josh were there painting the fucking walls. Yeah, exactly. Now, but, you know about it, man. Yeah, people don't see this is the actual physical graph that goes on behind the scenes, like me and Andy were just saying, whether it's been the 3D visual mapping, all the work that you had to put into making sure the events were COVID safe with, with guidelines and even those void days, people just walk into a club and then just think, oh, there's probably been a load of contractors that have come in and just painted the walls and put the system in, but it's not, it's often... Yeah. Like, I know Andy said it, and I know Jay touched on it, but like that last week before that that Zero show in October, he was honestly there day and night. And the perfect example of like what Josh was like with that is he started a face a, a WhatsApp group about like a year and a half ago to connect like people in Birmingham for like promotional versus but just for like chatting and talking about parties and whatever. Yeah. And he was putting in there going, anyone who wants to play in a club and test, like, learn how to DJ and DJ in a club. I've set the decks up in the week and you can come in and play tunes whilst we're grafting. And he was doing it every day. He was putting in, does anyone want to come in and play in the club for the first Fucking time? hell, I didn't know that. That is, that is yeah, unreal. Man, this is my point, like, you, you wouldn't know it because he just does it, like, you reach it out to people privately. It's not about shouting about... Yeah, no, definitely. He just did it because he wanted to give people an opportunity and he believed in people. Mm, that, that's what I tried to highlight at, at the start with the introduction as well not just the way that he mobilised the Birmingham Ravers in the scene to get behind the brand, is there's probably not many DJs, producers or artists that could say, Josh never gave me a chance, Josh never gave me an opportunity, because I think it probably applies to at least 95% of DJs in the Birmingham scene got a foot in the door, probably through him at one point or another. And the thing is, and people who might not have paid for him or whatever, he would have re- he reached out to him anyway. He was, there's loads of people I know that I spoke to at the time. Or in, in the last two years, I'm not talking about now, because obviously now we're all really together, but that have been like, oh, Josh asked me about playing this, or Josh wanted me to play this show, or just wanted me to do this and that. And he constantly was reaching out to people because he just wanted to get people involved and give them an opportunity to present themselves. And that's like the, th- the thing with me, is the fact that for the four years, or however long he was running it, three years of Fole or whatever, is that regardless of what I was doing musically, he kind of just let me do what I wanted to do. And he'd be like, I, I trust in you at whatever party he was on, at whatever time, whatever room, to just play whatever you want to play and let it work. Yeah. And it says a lot about the party, man, because it wasn't, I know obviously there's a, there's a sound that he loves and there's a sound they're going to try and, we're going to try and represent with the label and whatever else. But that party was just about bringing people together and all types of people. It wasn't, like, oh, I'm coming to talk about this pretentious music or whatever. Yeah. Or walks of life there. And I know we talked about it the other week, and it was just, that's what's devastating about it all, is because he, he just had that passion and the ability to bring people from all backgrounds together. Yeah. No, absolutely, mate. And like you say, with the music policy, there was no snobbery or chin stroke, and it was very versatile. And the fact that he, you put it perfectly, had that trust in you to just let you do your own thing just shows his talent as a promoter and to be honest i know that you don't like taking compliments and you're probably you're probably going to blush but mate it shows how good you are as an artist and one thing i've always said whenever whenever i've done podcasts with people is there are a lot of talented artists coming out of birmingham but especially yourself it just goes to show the fact that you played pretty much every folie is 
mate, like if you don't break through and go big, then I'm fucking quitting the game, mate. I'm I'm not I'm not having it <laughs> properly. And and I'm sure, you know, like Shakti was saying, you'll continue to to work hard off your own back, but you wanna make him proud as well. You wanna you know if yeah. the thing is the thing is that with what Andy's talking about with the label and Folio Records is something that Josh's been trying to run for years and like I, like we've had kind of a relationship from an almost like not not a business perspective but from like an industry thing he'll be like what do you think about this or what do you think about that and he'll just bounce ideas off it yeah and, and that's what with a label he'd be like do you think we can do this and I'll be like well realistically not right now or not now and it's got to a point where we're too too years down the line and all the people that you believed in are now incredible in their own right mm. and it's just such a shame that like going forward even though we definitely believed in it since the start and he knows it is that you won't be able to see those people put that into place i know mate that that's definitely one of the most difficult things is th- i mean hopefully you'd love to think you know he's, he's looking down on us i'm sure he is but the fact he's not physically here that that will undoubtedly be one of the most difficult things to take but I know, once again, reiterating the fact that you played pretty much all of the events and it's probably hard to choose a favourite moment, but what what are your standout moments through playing there's, the parties past couple of years? Yeah, like, like you're saying, there's, there's definitely a few. Um, that, that birthday show, was it the bank holiday show? Or maybe, maybe it was a birthday show, let me... I wrote it down earlier. Is it August last year? Yeah, the August show with De Swing that, that Duran was talking about. Yeah. That day on the terrace, it was like, bear in mind, this was a heat wave. It was probably like 32 degrees out there, completely sell-out show. Like, you couldn't move out there. And I, I was like, because like, we were talking about when you were saying with Andy earlier, and a lot of times when you talk to promoters during their events, they seem really uptight about it because they know all the graft that's gone into it. They're exhausted. And mm. there's elements of it they're not happy with. And I remember talking to Josh that day, and he was just like, yeah, this is sick. Like, this is it. Yeah. It was like, there was nothing you could do about it. Like, it was wall-to-wall wrapped everyone was having the best time man. <laughs> definitely mate tops off exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, open, I was just like this is fucking sick mate and on the best rooftop in the world and when a perfect example about this of what we're talking about the progression of it all when I went back to that first message or the first few messages about music that I had with Josh and we were talking yeah. about that first party uh, amusement he was talking about how Oh, he was trying to get Rainbow Terrace. And this was, well, obviously, this was like six months before the party actually happened. And he was wanting to get that space. And he's like, that's going to be perfect. And I was thinking about that day. I was like, obviously, they had the full sold out warehouse as well. But that day, like in the daytime, 30 degrees, and he was getting ramped. And he had all of his favorite people playing. And he puts all these artists. And I was like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's ne- next level, mate. Full, full respect to him, absolutely. And hope you don't mind me just adding as well. And it's something that, that I've been quite open about through my personal experience, because we've, we've all got our own personal experience about what he did for us as an individual and how he enabled us to grow. Is that when I first moved there, mate, I literally knew one person and I wanted so badly to get involved. And if it probably wasn't for the likes of him and Ammo and a few others, especially Josh, you know, he helped me get on the promoters list for Void and that gives you a little bit of a foot in the door where you can then start to network with people and you, you probably don't appreciate at the time how invaluable that helping hand actually is and it's those it's those defining moments at the start of well what what now is a career where you think fucking hell if it wasn't for that would I have actually 
persevered or would I have met this person or that person and it's down to him isn't it yeah just having someone that wants to give you an opportunity and has as a platform or has a background or has a following or whatever and like, like we're saying he's not jealous of anyone he's not this of anyone he's not malicious towards everyone he's just genuinely wanting people to succeed and yeah it's rare that you have that like it's rare Absolutely. I think I think I made my Lab Lab Eleven warehouse debut on the terrace because of him. I think it was the pauser event where you and Rye went back to back after Big Dave. And uh yeah, I remember him messaging me saying, Oh, how'd you fancy your Lab Eleven debut? And you just think, Fucking hell, like that those kind of moments are literally like your bucket list because you when you go to those venues as a raver or when you're trying to get booked, you think, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to play here. But you think, how am I going to get booked? And the fact yeah. that he actually went out of his way to approach people like me and a lot of other people since yeah. then as well, it's, it it makes people's dreams come true and it gives you that yeah, yeah. Step, step in the door to then continue to progress. But no, I just want to say, really appreciate you coming on, mate, and continue to, to keep smashing it, brother. Same as all the other residents as well. Nice one, mate. Take care of yourself. See you soon. See ya. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who joined. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there is a GoFundMe link which is still active to raise money for his son, Jaden, which I will put in my bio and also in the description when this is uploaded to Spotify. And as I said, in terms of helping people with mental health, I will put the number for Samaritans and Mind. But honestly, I'm not just saying this because I'm live on Instagram because, you know, there's a lot of other people doing great work, whether that's Pat Wilson or Rob and Mike with the Beyond the Grand podcast. You know, we all do really need to stick together and make sure we're really reaching out to one another because it's going to be a difficult couple of months, but we'll fucking smash it next year come back bigger and better for josh so thank you people take care and love